Good evening and welcome to our evening broadcast at our digital hub, our digital campus of Newark UPC. I know I'm a little bitty here, but I have a little announcement to make and then we'll have our tech person make me bigger. But first of all, I want to tell you about newarkupc.info. If you are new to us, you might not have heard of that before. It's where you can go on your computer or your device to get any and all information about our church. That is Newark, like the name of our town, UPC, as in United Pentecostal Church, dot info. And tonight I'm going to feature a little piece of communication that you should have gotten a an alert about this afternoon. If you want to get our alerts and you did not get an alert this afternoon, then you should go to the Contact Us tab on newarkupc.info. And that is right there on our on the main page. And then in there, there's a, there's a place to send us a message. And um, it would be an update contact information. And you can go in there and put your information and we will send you alerts. But our alert today was, uh, it can be found in a different place. And if you go back to the main page of newarkupc.info and you scroll down to digital campus, you click on that and you can click on uh, the communications area and you can see that there is a, a, a piece of communication that came out this afternoon and I want to read that to you in case you missed it. So we sent out today, greetings church family. This past Friday, May 7th, 2021, the New Jersey, Delaware District of the United Pentecostal Church International, that's the district we're in, held its annual conference. As you may know, it is at this conference that district officials are elected. Since there was no conference last year due to COVID-19, all the positions, instead of just the half normally voted on, all the positions were up for election this year, including district superintendent. We are pleased to announce that one of our very own, Pastor Roy Moss, that happens to be my daddy, but anyway, Pastor Roy Moss was elected as district superintendent for our district, the New Jersey Delaware district. We look forward to his leadership and contribution to our district and wholeheartedly support him in this new role. He will also continue to serve this local congregation as a member of the Newark UPC pastoral team. So please join us in congratulating Pastor Roy. I'm used to saying daddy, but anyway, um, and pray for God's leading in this new role. And that is signed the pastoral team. So that is a very exciting development. And um, it's something that our church can contribute to the broader church community, community of churches um, and, and try to help to spread the word of God to the world and to our area more specifically. So that is an exciting bit of news also a little tutorial on how you can find any new communication at the newarkupc.info communications hub. So in case you haven't noticed, today is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers out there. If this somehow sneaked up on you 
and you have a mother who is alive and well and in a good relationship with you, I suggest you give her a call as soon as this broadcast is over and tell her Happy Mother's Day and that you'll be sending her a nice gift this week. Um, so this week we've been studying mothers. I think that probably helped you to know Mother's Day was coming. But in case you missed it, uh, call that mama of yours and, and thank her for what she's done when I'm done here. So happy Mother's Day to everybody. And I want to acknowledge that today can be a hard day for some people. I know that one member of our church this, just this week lost her mother to death. I know that another member of our church lost his mother recently as well. Um, it can be hard. Some have, have, I have said they've lost their mother. Some have lost a child. Uh, some have never had children, either by chance or by choice. And also for some, mother isn't uh, a particularly positive word because of neglect or abuse or whatever circumstances have happened in their lives. But guess what? Whether Mother's Day is naturally a happy day for you or not, there is something we can each celebrate. You know what it is? I promise you, you had a mother. We haven't gotten to the point in science yet where we have purely test tube babies yet. So you had a mother. Whether this mother was, as Leela said, good, bad, or ugly, you had a mother who carried you for months on end and delivered you into the world. Our mothers experienced heartburn and weight gain and morning sickness and peeing every 15 minutes and craving ice cream and pickles at the same time. And because of the damage that you did to her body, to this day, she still pees a little bit when she sneezes. And that was before she even went into labor. Then she delivered you. Oh my goodness, she delivered you. Here's a hint. When you're in a group of women, unless you really want to hear a whole bunch of stories, don't change the topic to how their babies were born. Because every mother has as many stories there as she has children, and sometimes more because she might have lost a baby. So unless you're really interested, don't bring up that topic. I'm warning you. Once that starts, it will last a while. And you'll hear more than you ever wanted to hear, whether you're male or female. Because every mother has a story she loves to tell. How many hours labor lasted? What kind of medical intervention or no inter medical intervention was used? How much it hurt or didn't hurt? Probably it hurt. Uh, for each labor, for each child, and some of us have a few of those. I have five. Um, so don't get us started. Then, once you were born, whether it was a mother or a father or a grandmother or a foster parent, or whoever, babysitter, whoever, somebody, probably several somebodies, was taking care of you because you sure weren't taking care of yourself. Your sleepless nights, your colic. My, uh, my pediatrician told me when Caleb had colic, he said, for crying out loud, what is colic? Because colic is just crying out loud. We don't know why it happens. That wasn't much help. He also told me they used to take a bottle full of water and put a little brandy in it. We don't do that anymore. And he was quite elderly. But anyway, that's what they used to do for colic because they didn't know what else to do. Uh, so your sleepless nights and your colic and any medical problems we had to deal, you had to deal with, 
Uh, I just in our family, we had jaundice and reflux and allergies and one that was tongue tied and asthma. And that was just in the first year of each baby's life. Uh, did I mention sleepless nights? Lots and lots and lots of sleepless nights. My babies did not know how to sleep. It was awful. I don't know what I did wrong, but I must have been doing something wrong because I did not have sleepy babies. Then after that stage, maybe they start sleeping through the night and then they learn to crawl and walk and get into things and they pull all the books off the shelf and they crawl in the dog's kennel and they explore your world. Meanwhile, you're going nuts trying to keep your house from killing somebody. Then they start talking. You started talking. And the questions, the questions, why, how, how come, why, what about this? And what about that? You were soaking up and learning things all day long. And then you started school. You developed friendships. You got hurt. You learned to read. You joined social activities. And all the while, somebody, mother or someone else, was cleaning up after you, driving you around, feeding you good food, and then more cleaning up after you giving you lunch money, buying you clothes, creating an environment around you where you were safe and happy and healthy. And as the Bible says about Jesus, growing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And then the teen years came. Oh, the teen years, that balance of letting you spread your wings and keeping you secure, the emotions, the hormones, the angst. Maybe there were slam doors. Almost surely there were tears. Maybe there was trouble at school or with the law or drugs or the wrong crowd. Lots of turbulence in those years. And yes, undoubtedly, some of those things were done by people other than your mother. And today I want to honor them too. Every mom needs help. Oh, do we ever. We all need help. Whether that is someone to adopt her child or carry and deliver her adopted child or babysit or give gifts or teach soccer or teach Sunday school or whatever. That's the whole it takes a village concept. And it's very, very true. We have uh, a particular lady in our church. If she's listening, she'll know who she is. She taught our nursery Sunday school class for probably 35 or 40 years. She never had children of her own, but each of the church's children was her child. And I want to appreciate her. I will tell you who it is. It's Elizabeth Raisin. Next time you see her, if it's safe, give her a hug because she certainly deserves it for taking care of those toddlers for years on end. So it's not just the mothers who mother. Today we're honoring mothers, but also women in general. That's the whole village concept. Women who made a difference and who are making a difference still in our lives even today. I think we all have at least one woman in our lives who's been like that, whether as mine, the primary one was my biological mother, but I also had grandmothers and aunts and church mothers and neighbors and teachers and more than I could ever count, just lots and lots of women in my life. Women are under such pressure today to look right, to act right, to wear the right thing. Magazines and movies and billboards all tell us we need to be thin and sexy and buxom and have a thigh gap. We're supposed to be charming and intelligent and professional and sophisticated. And meanwhile, we're supposed to be fun. All this while we're also having perfect children, a perfect marriage and a perfect home. Oh, 
And also the Bible tells us we're supposed to be quiet and meek and worshipful and modest and mutually submitted. And there is this box. There's several boxes we're supposed to fit in all at the same time. And it really is quite impossible. So today I'm going to help us all out. I'm going to speak from Proverb 31 today. Proverb 31, the women in the in the crowd who know what Proverb 31 is probably just moaned. Oh, no, Pro not Proverb 31. Proverb 31 will not take pressure off. Yes, women, I'm going to talk from a passage that intimidates us all. It talks about this perfect woman that I can never be like. She's perfect. But guess what? Here's the little the little hook. Proverb 31 wasn't written to a woman. Proverb 31 was written for a man. It's not written for us women as an example of things we're supposed to do. It's not an instruction book. It was written to a man to tell him what to appreciate. And there are several options in there of things to appreciate. So to kick us off, I want us to watch a video. This, I'm going to get little bitty in this screen or maybe even go away, but we're going to watch a video about it. It goes kind of slow. So as it goes, think carefully about each word and phrase and idea. And as it goes, think of a few women who fit that characteristic that's on the screen. I know you know some. And then I'll come back and we'll discuss it. Roll the film. I hope you enjoyed that. And yes, there was supposed to be sound, but I don't guess that came through. So anyway, it was a nice visual. Uh, so, so this that we're going to be working through tonight is Proverb 31, verse 1, and then verses 10 through 31. Uh, NLT calls, calls this passage the valiant wife. Now, something we totally miss in this passage is that in Hebrew, it is a specific kind of poetry called an acrostic. Now, an acrostic is something, is a, is a poem. This is poetry. It, it is a passage where the line, the first letter of each line goes through the alphabet. So the first lesson might be, or the first line might be apples are wonderful. And the second line would be bananas are great. And the third line might be Carrot cake is good too. So you get the idea. It's A, B, C as we go along, except it was in Hebrew. So we totally missed that with the translation. Um, but it's kind of an A to Z idea, Aleph to Tav or Alpha to Omega if, if it was Greek. Um, like I said, it is written for men, for a specific man by his mother. She was a wise woman, I would say. Now, I personally... It, maybe it's just for me to take the pressure off myself. I don't know. But women, you can use the same method if you'd like. I personally think that it's not about one single woman. I think it's different aspects that can make a woman a valiant or, or virtuous woman. I also think it's a mistake for us to think that a woman has to be doing all of these things at the same time. So, for instance, maybe there would be better with some ores in the middle. She she works with wool and flax, or she makes bedspreads, or she maybe she's purchasing a piece of land, this kind of thing. Um, because I don't think there's one woman who does everything. That's just too much to put on a woman. So let's talk about some of these things 
in this passage. Now I've done a paraphrase. This is not a word for word translation. I would not call it a translation, but it is a paraphrase, kind of a modern day, what I think if someone was writing it today, it would be. And just to challenge myself, I did do the whole acrostic thing. So the first letter starts, the first letter of the first verse is A, first letter of the second verse is B, etc. And that made it quite a bit more challenging, but I did it. Now, we don't have enough verses to get through the whole alphabet, but I do get through V. And that includes Q, so you can see how I did that. Um, so I'm going to call this the RMB version. And uh, here we go. I'm going to give you what's in the NLT. Then we'll talk about it. And then I'll tell you what I came up with for this verse. And then at the end, we'll read the RMB version. So I hope you have a little fun with it. I threw in a bit of humor here and there. And uh, let's see if we can just figure out what this woman would look like perhaps today. And think if you know any women like this. If you if you want to, you can even type in their name. Um, as we go along, if a verse strikes you, oh, that reminds me of so-and-so. Even if the people on the on the chat don't know who they are, you could put them in uh, and and you'll know who they are. So the first verse says the sayings of King Lemuel contain this message which his mother taught him. And Steve, if you can leave that up there while I'm talking about this verse, Steve is my tech help tonight. And um, and then leave it until I get to the next verse. So again, this is advice to a man from his mother and instruction to appreciate good women, a good woman. I would put it this way. In King Lemuel's journey, sorry, in King Lemuel's journal, we find this advice to him from his mother. And we're going to skip down to verse 10. Verses 2 through 9 are also fine, but we're not going to deal with them tonight. Verse 10 says, who can find a virtuous woman, virtuous and capable wife? Sorry, wife and woman are the same word in there. It was assumed that a woman at that time was going to be a wife. So who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Now, we can go to the drugstore or the jewelry store today and see rubies. Um, they didn't have quite as much access to rubies at the time. In fact, some people would go through life and never ever see a ruby. They were, they were very rare. And where I come from, one saying that describes that is rare as hen's teeth. So uh, these virtuous and capable wives, and I saw a bit of the chat during the video, they are rare as hen's teeth. Yes, men, they really are. But I would put it this way. An honorable, plucky woman of strength. Where in the world can we find one? She is uncommon and unusual, a priceless treasure. Verse 11, her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. So in this modern version, the RMB version, we're gonna steer away from the husband language somewhat because as I said, in King Lemuel, whoever he was, in his society, in his time, it was assumed that a woman was going to be married. So her skills and her qualities naturally helped her husband. But in my version, it's for the modern woman, and she may or may not be married. It's a choice that we have today that they didn't necessarily have back then when they were more of a property and less of a relationship. So um, how I would put that is, 
both her community and family can trust, can absolutely trust her with responsibility and authority. She brings richness to everyone who knows her. Verse 12, she brings him good, not harm all the days of her life. So this one is about repaying trust with goodness. We talked about her husband trusts in her. But it's also about consistency all the days of her life. It's not perfection as no one is perfect, but instead it's a summation of all of her deeds. All of those individual deeds, they add up to be good, not harm for the days of her life. So I would say consistently and frequently, she repays trust with reward for everyone, not just her husband. Okay, the next verse is 13. And it says something I have never done. She finds wool and flax and busily spins it. Well, actually I have spun wool before. I had a friend whose parents were kind of back to nature people and they had, believe it or not, Angora goats that they would shear and then she would card the wool and spin it. And she let me one time use her spinning machine and it's much harder than it looks, I must say, to, to get a nice thread that is even and not all bunched up. She, she probably took my spinning when I was done and either recarded it or threw it away because it wasn't very good. But this woman, she finds wool and flax and busily spins it. Now we're not having much wool and flax spinning going on today, but we're not totally out of luck. How many women do you know that can take something very basic like wool and flax? And uh, wool comes from an animal, flax comes from a plant, but they're both very basic materials. And how many women do you know that can take something basic and turn it into something amazing? I, I know a lot of women, most women in fact, who have turned a house into a home. They can turn a child into a student. They can turn a lawn into a garden. They can turn ingredients into a meal. They can turn a piece of material into a dress. They can turn a dinner into a banquet. They can turn flowers into a bouquet. Uh, my grandpa used to say about my grandma and her sisters, why would you take a bunch of material cut it in little bitty bits and sew it back together. Well, that's called a quilt. And my grandma made lots and lots of quilts as did her sisters. Why? Because you take something basic and you make it into something much better. Plenty of women do that. It might look different for, I'm not into gardening. I don't turn my lawn into a garden, but I do make other things into other things. Uh, it varies what they're making, but a good woman tends to go around with a golden touch and, and use her creativity and turn something not much into something. So I said, delighting in the process, she gathers basic materials and with them creates something pleasant. Verse number 14 says, she is like a merchant, merchant's ship bringing her food from afar. Well, there aren't two. Well, there are lots of merchant ships, but I never see them today. 
And I certainly don't want to be compared to one. Ever heard of somebody, something being big as a boat? When I was pregnant, I felt big as a boat. Uh, no, let's not call women merchant ships. But how about this? Expertly, there's your E. Expertly, she gets good deals from all over, finding just the right thing for 50% off. Yep, that's a woman. Uh, verse number 15. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. Okay, maybe not before dawn and maybe not servant girls, but this idea involves working hard, providing what her family needs and managing her day, her responsibilities and those who work for her. I know there are lots of women listening to this broadcast who don't have servant girls, but they do have people that work for them. So I would say faithfully, there's your F, she contends for what her family needs. She manages her employees with skill and she pays them well. Verse 16, she goes to inspect a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. Oh, this is quite a woman. She's making business deals all her own, buying property, which I don't think was a very common thing back then, but she did it. And then she earns profit from it, from the vineyard she planted. She turns around and buys something else that she's going to make more money off of. Okay, then you go, girl. I would say it this way, generating profits from her investments. She turns around and uses that revenue to bankroll a new venture. Verse 17 says she is energetic and strong, a hard worker. The original, not the NLT, but the original uh, Hebrew speaks of girding herself. And that means getting ready for work, basically, getting yourself physically clothed for work. A modern equivalent of this would be her sleeves are rolled up ready for work. She is strong and competent and determined. Verse 18, she makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Well, I hope she had a nap in the afternoon because she got up early and she's still up late. Um, what's up with that? I, I don't know. Well, I do know what they're trying to say. I think what it's saying is that whatever needs to be done, whenever it needs to be done, she does it. And... I would say interest and earnings are unceasingly hers and she works into the night. Number 19 has another one of those ancient things that I don't do very much or at all. It says her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. Now, evidently, according to the Anchor Bible commentary, this I don't know much about spinning wool, but there's um, there's different parts of it. And she was doing it all. But basically, it's saying that she's skilled and she's busy. And this is doing something that servants usually did. This spinning thread and twisting fibers and all of that thing. She did it all. So I'm replacing that with some things we do today skillfully and busily that would be more nitty gritty work. 
So I say, just watch her cleaning toilets and mowing the lawn. That's kind of the level of spinning thread at that point. <sighs> Verse, now, now me, I don't mow the lawn. I want that said. And I, I have been known to clean toilets before. 20. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. Okay. She's made a lot of money. She has enough money to buy fields and plant vineyards and make investments and get revenue and buy more fields and more vineyards. She's a wealthy woman. She has servants. But what this verse is saying is she, she isn't stingy. She's not all about herself. And she has hands open to others to help them. I would say kindness to others is her very nature. Giving to those less fortunate is her habit. Verse 21, she has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. Again, the original Hebrew speaks of snow. From what I can tell, it would snow maybe once a year in ancient Palestine, maybe enough for it to stick about once in 20 years. So what this is saying is that she's ready for the every once in a while thing. Whatever may strike, she's ready for it. She has prepared and she knows she can take care of anything that comes her way. So the version I would say is long ahead of the storm, her backup generator is ready. Her purse carries safety pins and band-aids and Kleenex. Or if we were doing a COVID-19 version, this part would read, late and early she sews masks, she finds toilet paper and gathers hand sanitizer. Because I don't think any of us were quite ready for COVID-19, but us resourceful women, once it came, we took care of business. Verse 22, she makes her own bedspreads. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. I was going to say I've never made a bedspread, but I guess I have crocheted a quilt. I guess that's close. Um, I don't have the patience or precision or skill to, to quilt. My grandmother did, but I do not. I know there's a few women in this church that do, but I don't. Um, linen, I think, is kind of scratchy. I don't like linen. Uh, and, and it get wrinkles easily. I do like purple. But this, this was probably referring to really artful tapestries or, or a woven artwork. Very, very skilled stuff. Maybe something you'd see in the Philadelphia Art Museum or something like that. They have these huge tapestries hanging on the wall. And I don't know how you would have woven them to make a picture. It's crazy. Somebody took a lot of time and skill to do that. Uh, purple. Now, she dresses in purple. <clears throat> a lot of you probably know that purple was the color of royalty at that time. So a little trivia. In the ancient world, they got purple from snails. It was a certain kind of snail that had some kind of part in it that was purple. And so in order to get 1.4 grams of dye, 1.4 grams, we don't use grams very much, but it's not very much. If somebody wants to Google a gram to ounce 
uh, calculator and put it in the chat, that's fine. But 1.4 grams of dye, 12,000 poor little snails had to give up their life to make 1.4 grams of dye. And that was enough to trim one garment, trim one garment. So those poor little snails. But anyway, back to our woman. Uh, she's quite wealthy, as you can see. She dresses herself well. And not only did she take care of her profits, her family, and the poor, as the previous lines say, she takes care of herself. So what I would say about that is magnificent in beauty wherever she goes, she takes care of herself as well as she does everyone else. Maybe I should have said something about taking a spa day every once in a while, but I couldn't make it fit in the poem. But it's that kind of thing. She takes care of herself. It's okay to take care of yourself. All right, moving right along. We're getting there. Verse number 23. Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. Again, with the husband, we're going to take him out. Not that there's anything wrong with having a husband. And you may have a husband and all these things will be true in the original. But I know there are a lot of women who do not have husbands. And uh, I don't want to leave them out because a lot of them are very virtuous women. So. Uh, a wise woman helps her husband and she chooses a husband wisely. So if she has a husband, he will be respected and trusted just as she is. But if not, it might read something like this. Naturally, her skills improve those around her and her companions are also respected. 24, she makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell for the merchants. So it's not just that she has enough to take care of herself or her family and her family and her husband. She is industrious enough that she has extra leftover to sell. So what's the modern day equivalent of this? Maybe something like on Etsy, she sells handmade goods. Facebook marketplace is profitable to her. There's also Amazon and there's also eBay and there's also other places, but those are the two I picked. Fill in the blank, maybe it's yard sales, flea markets, whatever fits for you. 25 says she is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. Now this one, this one is put on shirts and coffee mugs. And I know Kiara Horn, before she was Kiara Horn, put it on her graduation cap when she graduated from UD, and I think it fits her very well. I know why she put it on there. I really don't have a way to improve it, but we do need it to start with a P. So I tried. Poise and power she wears like a coat. She is confident that she can handle whatever life throws at her. 26. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness, instructions with kindness. Wow. As a teacher, that is very important. There's also an aspect of this, though, that the, the original could possibly mean that the instructions with kindness also means that she gives instructions on how to be kind. She teaches those around her, her children, those under her management to also be kind, which I think is very important as well. This is where we hit our cue. Let's see how I did with it. 
quality advice flows from her and she teaches her children to be generous. Now, I do apologize to those of you who don't have children because I, I left in the children in places. I did take out the husband, left in the children some places. This is Mother's Day. So um, if, you, if you don't have children, apply it to something else or just ignore those verses. But we do have some children in this poem. 27 says she carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. I don't know whether that's her laziness or someone else's in her household, but I suspect it might be both. But this woman has management skills. She has the ability to motivate and lead others and motivate and lead herself. And those are some important skills. So I say about her, responsible and careful, she runs her world and does not put up with lazing about. 28 says her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. Okay, this one is something that doesn't happen a lot. But um, so you think, man, my kids don't ever stand up and call me blessed or stand up and bless me. And my husband rarely praises me. Well, you have to learn their love language and you have to wait for the proper time. Your, your babies are not going to stand up and call you blessed. And uh, neither are your teens probably. But trust me, when they get old enough to have kids, they'll, if you've done a decent job even, they'll realize what hard work that decent job required. And our husbands, we have to listen for their love language sometimes. We women don't usually get a parade. But if we listen carefully, we can hear them standing up and calling us blessed. So I say, singing her praises, her family and friends say, and then there's a quote from them. The original says, there are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. So this is what her husband and her children are saying about it. I've changed it to family and friends. And uh, so, we have to look for these moments and enjoy it when it happens. Um, now, another point about this says, I said at the beginning that virtuous women, virtuous women were rare as hen's teeth. But look at this verse. It says, there are many virtuous and capable women. So they're not so rare as hen's teeth. In fact, I know a bunch of them. My mother, my grandmother's, the women on our pastoral team, the women in our church, my friends outside of church. I know plenty of virtuous women, don't you? I would imagine that you actually do. There are lots of virtuous women in the world. You just have to look out for them and you have to expect them not to be perfect because none of us are perfect. If you expect to find a perfect virtuous woman then you better be a perfect, virtuous person yourself. So here's how I would say it. And this is the quote of the friends and family who were singing her praises. And they're saying, there are many women of virtue, skill, and wisdom, but you are the best of them all. And we should think that the people in our lives are the best because they're ours, right? Verse 30, and we're almost done, says, 
charm is deceptive and beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Our world honors all the wrong things, but virtue and strength and hard work. Think about those words. They're very different things. They're all very important things. And having virtue and strength and hard work, each of those is like planting a seed that can't help but come up. Have you ever seen a seed, maybe a tree that started as a seed growing out of a rock? I have. Maybe you go on a hike and you see this rock and out of it, seeming out of no dirt, is this tree coming out. Well, that's what strength uh, and and uh, honor, hard work and virtue are like. So the way I put this is uh, untrustworthy and fleeting are glamour and beauty, but a woman who honors and trusts in the Lord will be celebrated. The laws of sowing and reaping will happen, but we can make it a little easier by doing some honoring of the virtuous women in our lives. The last verse of this whole set says, reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Our world tends to take credit for the work that women do. Often it's not out front. It's not in your face. So for goodness sake, let the women in your life get payment. Maybe literally, maybe not in cash, but credit for her work, for a job well done. If she gives you good advice that makes you money, share some of it with her. It's biblical. And for goodness sake, don't take credit for what she does. I would say value and wealth should be rewarded to her for all she does. Give her credit for all the things her deeds accomplish. So that comes to the end of our original poem. Now I'm going to read my version altogether. It won't take that long. And we'll see what it all puts comes together as. And then you can think as we go through of women who might fit this description. In King Lemuel's journey, we find, sorry, keep saying journey, journal, we find this advice to him from his mother. An honorable, plucky woman of strength, where in the world can we find one? She is uncommon and unusual, a priceless treasure. Both her community and family can absolutely trust her with responsibility and authority. She brings richness to everyone who knows her. Consistently and often, she repays trust with a healthy reward. Delighting in the process, she gathers basic materials and with them creates something pleasant. Expertly, she gets good deals from all over, finding just the right thing at 50% off. Faithfully, she contends for what her family needs. She manages her employees with skill and pays them well. Generating profit from her investment, she turns around and uses that revenue to bankroll a new. Her sleeves are rolled up, ready for work. She is strong and competent. Interest in things are unceasingly hers. She looks into the night. Just watch her cleaning toilets and mowing lawns. Kindness to others is her very nature. Giving to those less fortunate is her habit. Long ahead of the storm, her backup generator is ready. 
her purse, safety pins, and band-aids, Kleenex. Magnificent in beauty, wherever she goes, she takes care of herself as well as she takes care of everyone else. Naturally, her skills improve those around her, and her companions are also respected. Etsy, she sells handmade goods, and on Facebook Marketplace, it's profitable for her. Poise and power she wears like a coat. She's confident that she can handle whatever life throws at her. Quality advice flows from her, and she teaches children to be generous. Responsible and careful, she runs her and does with lazing about. Singing her praises, her family and friends say there are many women of skill, sorry, virtue, skill, wisdom, but you, you are the finest of them all. Untrustworthy and fleeting are glamour and beauty, but a woman who honors and trusts in the Lord will be celebrated. Value and wealth should be rewarded to her for all she does. Give her credit for all things her deeds accomplished. So I know today is Mother's Day. And if you haven't already, do something to honor your mother if she's still with us. But I have something additional, an assignment for the week. We haven't done an engagement activity in a while, but we have one for this week. I just made it up today. Each day of this next week, pick a virtuous woman in your life and send them a note or a gift or acknowledge them in some way. Maybe a text, maybe something more public, whatever you feel, sing her praise, sing her praise. It's biblical. Women, you are special. You are talented. You are feminine, tough. You are soft, and strong. You are loving and fierce. You are wise and fun. You are daring and careful. You, woman, you are an amazing creation of God made in his image, just the way you are the way he made you. You don't need to be like anyone else. You don't need to look or dress like anyone else. You only need to walk in confidence in yourself and in the God who made you. That finishes up our lesson for tonight. I'd like to thank you for coming to watch our broadcast on Mother's Day. I know you had plenty of other things to do. Welcome to our new visit. Our, any first thank you to those who have been with us many, many times before. I said at the beginning, if you would like more information about us, you can go to newarkupc.info, and there you can contact us and update contact information. You can send in prayer requests, baptism requests, sign up for the prayer team, find out what's going on this week. There's not small groups this week. So uh, let's each... Every day this week, find a woman and acknowledge her and rise up and throw her, not throw her parade, but call her blessed a little bit. I'll have a good night and we'll see you again Tuesday night at seven o'clock, same time, same station. Good night.